Hello, hello, hello! Would you believe it? This is our 12th episode. Felt like we've been doing it for ages, you know, week in, week out, even though... Actually, 12 is quite a number lah. 12 is quite a number. They don't say a dozen for nothing. Yeah, considering that, you know, it it also means that I probably spent at least 10 of the Sundays before our Monday podcast sitting at my balcony thinking, ah, tomorrow what shall we chat about? ah?" Wow, sit at a balcony among her plants. So artistic. Because Sunday is a quiet Sunday. It's the best time to just let ideas fly into your head. So, got idea for today? Today ah. I, I was hoping that you suggest something so that the whole podcast doesn't sound like Gina's dream <laughs> okay, topics. Okay. Let's talk about books. Oh, books! Because you were saying it's the closing week of KL being World Book Capital or something, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What does that actually mean? Because ah? um, there's this award by this agency that um, is called World Book Capital Award. Okay. So every year, they will nominate uh, one capital in the world as the World Book Capital. Lah. So, capital here, um, when we say a lot of people kind of think that, oh, Malaysia is in the World Book Capital. No, it's actually just Kuala Lumpur. And specifically Kuala Lumpur. It's not Georgetown, Ipoh. All those places don't count. It's just Kuala oh, Lumpur. Yeah. Okay. So, I remember when we wanted, because um, this agency don't just select uh, countries or places are like, you can go and apply for it. I see. So what we did was um, when we decided to nominate or rather propose uh, Kuala Lumpur as one of the options for 2020's World Book Capital, I was thinking like, hey, Georgetown better lah. Because Georgetown literally seen quite happening one. Right. You have a lot of tourists coming in and stuff okay. and they have their own festival. So I was thinking right. like, sounds more inclusive, more more capital feel than Kuala Lumpur <laughs> la, Yeah. Okay, in terms of the arts lah. Yeah. Is it? In terms of how the community is driven. Like people really right. go and attend something and stuff. Here Kuala Lumpur is like, you know, so big lah. Right, right, And so right. small lah. So it's very hard to feel very like there's a community because um we started out last time just one or two event space that hosts book events. So now there's like everywhere. So people are like scattered everywhere. How do you want to call yourself Kuala Lumpur I mean, I don't know. Uh, this is me being skeptical. Okay, but when you say we, who is we? Uh? Is it just random people, writers, or readers? Oh, it started by this guy, uh, Ajit Ishak. So he's quite a veteran activist. He's involved in the industry as a whole, like a very uh, generalist kind of guy. But okay. he's been in it so long and he's always uh, leading activities that has to do with reading or writing and okay. stuff like that. So he's like, one day he's like, he wants to really do this. He wants to like, <laughs> nominate KL for it and he called for a town hall meeting right. where all interested publishers, writers, whoever's involved in the industry can come uh-huh. and then we sat in this auditorium that is like like a cinema hall really at DBP's uh, office building that can fit three, four hundred people and then you go in like going to cinema like that and you all sit down and then he gave a presentation of what what it takes uh, to go for this pencalonan um, thing mm-hmm. and then the uh, we started to give ideas because obviously you can see he have a lot of ideas but he can't run the whole thing on his, yeah, yeah. his own. So he was asking all of us for opinions. So I, I went there as a independent writer as well as a president of the Malaysian Writers Society. For you. So I was like, oh, we can do this, you can do that, you can. So cause, because different society like comics or translation or whatever have their own activities that we can contribute to because it's all about KPIs really. It's oh, the okay. first nomination that I see is, is KPI driven first. 
Right. It's, it's not something that you go like, hey, KL has been doing this for so many years, let's nominate them, you know? No, it's like you are telling them that within the year 2020, we're going to do this, 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 this. I see. So, yeah. okay, so the objective of this uh, movement, if you would call it, is actually to boost um, readership in different, different cities around the world. Yeah. La. So you give them this kind of award or this kind of title so that they will run something in their city. Yeah. Something like that. Something like that. So uh, when, when we first heard of the idea that there, there's two parties or two schools of thoughts, one would be like, hey, yeah, so we're doing things just to win an award. La, okay? okay. You know, is this a show thing? Why are we doing right. that kind of thing? But then uh, this guy is saying, yeah, you can think that way. But the other thing is we can use it as a reason to boost reading for a year and hopefully it changes the culture and the trend of things. And okay. then it stays a bit more of active reading in the in the society, so to speak. Mm, like a booster lah. Like Boost. a booster lah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So because we chosen KL, um, there's Dato Banda. And Dato Banda was like, oh, do what you want, right? Okay, we said, can we do this? Uh? Yeah, do what you want. Like, you know, <laughs> like, like this whole, um, as long as they're bringing people into KL, is good for me, right? Because okay, I okay. like the Dato Banda and stuff. So, uh, the only support he was giving that was that lah. Like this whole, okay, go, go ahead and do what you want. And right. then I remember when we finally got nominated, like it was a big news lah, international news. So suddenly we got funds because we tell him, we might not be able to deliver because, you know, no funds. Like, you know, <laughs> like, because the idea, uh, the team, uh, do you know what's the team? I don't know. KL Bacha, Caring Through Reading or something like that. Oh, okay. So KL Bacha, I've definitely seen it around. Not so much the book capital KL. Yeah, so KL thing. Butcher is a is the World Book Capital campaign ah, la. So it lasts yeah. a whole. So Butcher, I've heard yes yeah. for sure. So one of the reason is uh, one of the things that we're supposed to do through this uh, one of our KPI that we given <laughs> ourselves was to promote reading or make reading accessible to uh, everyone in KL, including the rich, the poor, the educated, the non-educated, rata-rata okay. lah. Mm. Okay, so one of the ideas, we wanted to plant like book stations or, you know, you always say, I go around looking for post-Malaysia red box. Yes, yes. Okay, we were planning to do one that next to every red box uh, and put a book station wow. there, the same size and say you can take books for free or put books for free, but so don't like, cool. don't like chart your 50 books lah, you know, take one and... And return one account right, stuff. Right, like a book exchange, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but it's like it's there. You don't uh, have to uh, like, you know, it's not an event or something it's permanently there. Okay. So that that has been um something that you see a bit here and there in KL now. Okay. Like this really um telephone booth looking. We did a really big one, like those London tall red colour booth. Nice. And then you can walk in there and pick some books lah, of course. Hmm. Yeah. I remember seeing some in the mall. A couple of malls, yes. So we started quite a lot of that all around, uh, not just in malls, like parks. Like you really walk around next to the bus stop or something, there's one or two. Wow. And then uh, LRT station was also a big hit. Hmm. Yeah. So did it achieve its objective? I mean, I would imagine um, maybe people from low-income areas, they don't have that much access to books and they might not be the people who go to the libraries. So would you say that it helped them to pick up a book from wherever? I guess so, when we started, there was a need to restore books. But having said that, right, you also find that if you are low income, well, you might not have that reading capability as well and stuff like that. So it's, it's a whole lot factor instead of just um, not having access to book kind of thing. Mm. But you see, um, Bobo Capital happens on, um, if I'm not wrong, 23rd of April. Okay. So what we did was uh, we, we were nominated for 2020. Our team start from uh, 23rd April 2020. 
twenty to twenty third April twenty one. Right. So whatever you do before and after don't count. Okay. <laughs> so uh, so we were all preparing for it because every April we have KL International Book Fest at PWTC. We take the whole five six story and then mm. um every weekend if you are not a book lover don't go there because <laughs> uh weekends we hit at least five hundred to seven hundred thousands people. Wow. So it's more than half a million people buying books on weekends. So that was supposed to be like the biggest thing of this whole KL budgeting. I mean, we already achieve that every year okay. and we want to top it up and make right. it bigger, right? Mm-hmm. And then the pandemic happened. Oh boy. And then we were like, no, 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 no. What 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 are we gonna do? Right. And it was like, right smack because this was April. Uh, we correct. went into MTO in March. March. Yeah. Yeah, so it was just right smack in the middle of that. And then uh, I think a lot of us were like, okay, la, how do we do this? KPI I mean you have to meet the KPIs hmm. it's still all about KPI at the end of the okay. nomination but so uh, we started to bring a lot of the programs online instead right la. yeah so KL tapi online <laughs> uh, which actually helps a lot because right okay talking about KL right a lot of us have suggested ideas we have spaces we can do this we can do a lot of things la. being uh. in the industry so long I can also do a lot of things right but the moment you say you do something KL a lot of writers are a bit like KL ah. no lah it's, it's because, right, we tried doing, like, in events in KL, people like, oh, it's so far, parking is expensive, yada, yada, mm. yada. So, if you do events, let's say, in PJ or um, Bangsa, is in KL, lah, right. okay, or Shah Alam, we get better crowds because um, it's more accessible, it's more friendly. So, we had a few people dropping off, like, because each project is, um, there's a project leader you propose, is you are running through the program, through this World Book Capital okay. KL budgeting, but you are in charge, right. you know. So a lot of us have dropped off because we realised that we can't meet the criteria of being in KL. In KL. If you talk about reading, la, like reading population or having an event, if you say KL, I think the place I would think of would be Bangsa. Yeah, that is the closest. And, and then everywhere else would be, unless it's downtown, right? In in a mall or, or something. But everywhere else would be more like, okay, business area or Corel. industrial or... And they don't want to go more in KL. I did events in Intermark KL and I did it in Pavilion and they're like, hello, those are tourist area. Locals don't go down there pay parking mm, or unless that. and then if they do, they just go and shop very specific and come back. Right. You don't go there and like let's pay ten ringgit parking <laughs> to ha ha something. Unless they take it as an opportunity to get onto the MRT, you know, Correct. check it out. Until today I haven't tried, man, this MRT. Um yeah, oh my use gosh, it as an excuse. I've walked down the escalator to pick people up and all that but I haven't actually got onto the train so yeah that would be my next mission <laughs> so yeah so online was a bit of a good and bad thing because then you're doing everything and saying that it's based online but then your audience is like everywhere else so it's not my fault my program yeah, is yeah, online yeah. right yeah. Yeah. so yeah. I think in that good way uh, yeah uh, program started to multiply oh that's great and uh, pandemic was very how to say for some of us it was a bit of a saviour in the sense that before the pandemic, there, there were big publishers and some. The industry was still doing very well in terms of sales. So um, there's some that's going to like close and stuff like that, shut down. And then the pandemic came and then we all started selling books online, which is the apparently the best thing to sell, you know. If you can only sell like three books a month, during pandemic, you sell 300 books. So you kind of save the industry a little bit. Wow, because people have all the time in the world and they need something to keep their minds occupied with, right? So I mean, I... Would have loved to, if I had time, <laughs> I would have loved to just dig into books and just hibernate with them. Yeah. So, so yeah, and it also because the international waters were closed in the sense that there were not many incoming international passes. 
so you can be yes, forced yes, to buy yes. Malaysian books. That is true. Which is like totally brilliant for us, lah. Yeah. So we are very, very grateful in that sense that while a lot of um maybe other industries are really struggling, um the pandemic kind of saved some of our book publishers. Hmm. So in a way, you also cared for the writers and publishers. <laughs> yeah, in a way. So yeah, yeah. But when actually, when you say the theme caring through reading, right? Uh, I didn't think so much of maybe caring in terms of like sharing this idea of reading, you know, or this habit of reading or sharing books. But I thought more of how you know when you read a book, you kind of get access into other people's worlds. You know, you get to know people who are different from you. Like, I, I remember reading books where I thought, wow, I never knew that people from this country talk or felt that way about a certain thing. And that helps me to kind of empathize a bit more. It's, it's kind of like, you know, when you travel and you don't just go sightseeing. Lah. You travel and actually sit down, talk to people, get to know the people and then understand what's in their mind and all that. And you suddenly like, hey, I, I, I get them, you know, I, I can see how they're different and I know how they respond to different things. I never knew that they thought this kind of way about these kind of things. But reading a book is kind of like that, you know, it's like you don't literally have to go to a place, but you can get into the minds of yeah, yeah. other people with a good book. Yeah. La. Yeah, and when you know people, those who are different from you, then you start to care. La. That's what empathy is, isn't it? I think book does a very good job with that. If I put mm. someone totally different from yeah. you, or you know, right? If I you, you all might kill each other before you get to know each other. But yeah. in the book, it's like it's a one way conversation. Almost yes. Yeah. So it's like if you really want to, you really like oh, actually like that. Yeah. You know? But if I put the person in front of you, right? The person are talking, and you already have this misconception of things, or you will start hitting the person in your head like shut up, whatever. Like, <laughs> right? You you might do that still in yeah. a book, but but the at least guy gets to go on. Correct. <laughs> Yes, so it changes. I mean, it gives people a chance to really step into shoes if they're willing to step into yeah, shoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I love la, about books. Yeah. Anyway, talking about books, right? What was your first affair with books or reading? I mean, you know, when you're young or something like that. First affair or first book? <laughs> different or different? <laughs> different. Mm, whichever story you want okay, to share. La. Okay, first book <laughs> that I remember was probably... Peter and Jane. <laughs> oh, yes. Peter and Jane is like the classic one. I remember they have like 1A, 1B, yes. 1C or 1D and, like, and then it goes until like 15 or something And they're like still that. around, you know. You still see you still see them. I have the whole set at home. My mom said, Can you, are you getting rid of this? I said, no. It's like, <laughs> I don't know why. I don't take and flip them but it's like, it's no, I like to see the colours. I like to see the ABC. <laughs> but yeah. But the book that I, what, what really got me hooked on reading lah, was the Secret 7 series. Secret 7? Yeah. Actually, you know why not? So, I think one day I was 7 or 8, lower primary school, okay? And I was stuck at home. I think I was sick. Some sickness that is, you know, transmittable. You don't Maybe go to school. Maybe you just, at home yeah, do room. Uh, I think parents were busy working in their home office. And I just sat there in my room and then I was next to this bookshelf. So, I still remember. In fact, I still have the bookshelf here. It's just two shelf, you know, very, not very tall one, glass. And then you can actually put so things nice. on top. So nice. Yeah, bookshelves going up. I don't. Was, my yeah, parents don't read. Oh, it was in... um. So my, me and my brother, we shared a room when I was really, really little. So it was actually all his books. Lah. I never ever thought about him as a reader. But yeah. So then I said, what's all these books? It just seemed... I was quite intrigued 
Because they look very neat. You know how those series, right? They all have the, oh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and then oh, suddenly, yeah, yeah. Oh, and, yeah. OCD, Gaga. <laughs> and then different one. Uh, no, I didn't organize it, okay? Probably mother OCD or my brother. I don't know who lah. So, I look, look, look. Very interesting. Uh, what is this thing in this shelf lah? So, I look. Then I saw the thinnest one that time, I remember. It said Secret 7 and then number 1. Okay. Right, I picked it up. Thin ma. So, I sat down. And devoured the book. And then, oh, put back number two. Number three. Hard number face. four. Ah, uh, bookworm. <laughs> yeah, so I didn't stop until I went from there, went to Famous Five, went to... Oh, Famous Five. I remember <laughs> there's a character in it called Georgina. George. Yes, and the dog. <laughs> and then went to Mallory Towers, went to all the school ones, and... Yeah, series lah, CD buku. Betul but it was already all there or do you need to like buy or do you borrow or how does it work? I hardly bought any unless there was a gap. Like somehow there was five and no six and then seven. And then I remember this occasion, right? I was reading a book and then I'm the type, right? In the car on the way back from lunch, I still be reading. I won't read at the table because I somehow knew it was rude. So in the car, like, as soon as we got back into the car, poop, the book opened, you know, read, 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 read. And so then I'm one not day, the only one. <laughs> yeah, there was one. I was getting out of the car. The book slipped from my hand and fell into the drain. I'm like, oh! you know, you read halfway already, right? Then I look in the drain. Ah, is not the not just not the dry one, not the wet one. Is like those got black oil one. Yuck! <laughs> so I look. No, I look. Then I look at my parents. It better not be a library book. Then no, it was one from the shelf. Then I look back down again. Your brother must like, be furious. Then they're like. We go get you a replacement, okay? Then I'm like, okay. <laughs> so really, I actually stared and I was like, do I pick it up? Do I pick it up? Should I pick it up? Because <laughs> I don't know what the black sludge was. La. <laughs> that never happened to me. So yes, after that, the books always had a nice plastic cover. <laughs> Just in case. I think I do read my books, yeah. I do read my books. <laughs> because um, my parents are not readers, just as I mentioned, mm. right? So books are like, no, we don't have bookshelves at home and stuff like that. So um, I have to like save up my money, pocket money and buy books. And then I'll wrap them up nicely. And nice. then I stack them from one to whatever number. <laughs> they used to have books that's one, two, three, four, five. Now, yeah. now it's just very rare. Now it's just... The like most is three, just a trilogy. Trilogy. Yeah. So yeah. funny. But yeah. So what did you do with all your books? Um... Oh, oh, you said you're still in your parents' house. <laughs> Actually, quite a lot of them are still in my parents' house. So mine, I remember there was another kid, um, quite a lot younger than me, and then we were shifting house, and then his parents said, you know all those books, uh, you think we can um, take them off you? So I think actually I gave them all away to another kid for like a 50 ringgit or something like but you never buy them it's your brothers yeah that's true so yes thank you brother for the 50 ringgit hey but the kid grew up to be a doctor or something very very accomplished young fellow yeah. <laughs> so I maybe the books. books helped I don't know <laughs> a lot of books um, yeah my parents weren't too crazy about it when I started to hit a thousand copies oh my yeah. gosh so yes library Gina's Personal library. They kind of have to find a way to stack them some more. So, wow. yeah. Because when they collect dust, they turn yellow and then they have that dust paper feeling. It's like, yeah. Okay, la, I only keep, I try to keep my absolute favorites. La. Otherwise, tak ada tempat lah rumah. <laughs> so, right. We have mentioned so many of these books that have inspired us to read. But what is your first, what was your first Malaysian book? La? Hmm. A lot of people find it quite hard to answer this question. <laughs> book 
I have to think because I'm sure I read some in school. Um, but the first one that really made a mark on me and like made me cry and everything. <laughs> it was The Gift of Rain by Tan Tuan Ng. Ah, the award-winning man. Yeah, I mean, okay, I didn't know about the book. Uh, I was actually just browsing through the bookshop. And then I like to look for kind of historical fiction, you know, because I had stumbled upon a few and I realized, oh, I, I do really like this genre. So when I saw this particular one, it said, oi, the gift of rain, what does it mean? Then I saw Tan Tuan Ng, eh, macam Asian. Then I pick up and, eh, Malaysian, you know. Then someone got award winning. Then I, so I really got curious lah. So I turned back, synopsis and everything, set in, in Penang during the Japanese well, before actually before the Japanese occupation I, I cannot tahan really so I'm like yeah, I'm gonna read this wow, <laughs> so that award winning thing really works man I should really get myself an award yes go and get yourself <laughs> because okay just being honest or you know a lot of people have all these award winning labels to the books and stuff like that and I always could pick up lah I mean well, award winning what, and then we all should read must read whatever <laughs> I find myself I, I Chances are 9 out of 10 of these award-winning books, I cannot read. Why? Is it too literary or...? It's maybe too poetic, too whatever. And then after but like, quite poetic, after what? two chapters, right? It's like, what's happening? I'm not getting this. Like, hello, am I the silly <laughs> one? If the whole world is reading it and saying it's good, like, am I stupid or what? I'm not getting this. And then <laughs> I, did, I did not tell anyone, so I just get like, finish and stuff and start, go read. I, some, I think 9 out of 10 really, I don't finish reading. Probably past three chapters. And then I will just quietly pretend that, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> you know? And then if you walk into a writer's community, that's all they talk about, right? So I'll be like, Okay, I must be really stupid then. <laughs> so, <laughs> no la, I, I don't pick it up just because it's a nominated. Like I said la, I saw the summary and the, you know, the, the, the context of the book really, really appealed to me. Um, and then I started reading and I was like, quite blown away la, because growing up I used to think, okay, good people are good people and the bad people are the bad people, like the villains and the heroes, you know, so if you're good, you cannot be bad, right? <laughs> Okay, yeah, true enough. Yes. And then, yeah, so I remember it was only when I started working then I started getting like, you know, like in this, uh, what's the word? Uh? Um, not confusion. Like, I can't think of the word right now, but it's like, I thought that person was good. How can you do something so bad like that? Like, did she really say that? Are you sure you didn't misunderstand? You know, it's like, cannot, the brain cannot comprehend. <laughs> so, I mean, the brain does not have a gray, gray patch. <laughs> at that time like, then I yeah because we are quite innocent growing up true law so yeah I mean this one it had I mean it was based on the premise that there was this Japanese dude who was a very kind man and he was being a mentor to this young uh, uh, Penangat boy who was quite lonely and everything and you know so this this nice mentor potentially might be the enemy because Japanese occupation they're the enemy right so okay is he good or is he bad and then I actually cannot remember the ending right now, but I just remember I cried and cried and cried and cried. <laughs> but that's the great thing about uh, Tan's writing. La. I mean, he's one of the award-winning writers whose writings is very relatable. Mm. And uh, one of his strengths, which is what I think every good story should have, is, you know, you have heroes, you have um, villain or orang jahat or whatever you call yeah. it. But a good story actually covers both ends and not highlight 
um, how to say, highlight one character per se and make them the hero. Mm. Because after all, in life, there is always, you know, you are a hero of your own story. I mean, exactly. even if you are the bad guy in somewhere's yeah, story, yeah. but you are a hero in your own story. And for so a deep. good story to just really bring that out, um, it just shows that it's a very holistic way of telling a story and not from a one person's point of view kind of thing. And Tan hmm. Tan Ng does a very good job with that. I mean, if you read his other book, he's like one of the award-winning writers that I, I don't mind reading and I have it on repeat. I seen like wow. it's there that I don't mind reading it again if I need wow. another dose of good writing. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that's why, yeah. Because I grew up reading all these, you know, books about who's the villain, who who done it, right? And then you think, okay, good guy, bad guy. She's but <laughs> I mean, I mean, children, children books are more direct that way, lah. I mean, I cannot imagine serving them anything so grey that they go like, actually, I don't know what's happening, you know. <laughs> I mean, there is certain uh age group. So as you grow up. Uh, as you grow, even I'm not saying even like age growing up, you know, your reading habit grows, you will develop different likings or preferences because that you outgrow true. certain yeah. things. And I know? suppose what you're curious in, like like I said, I like to go into a time before me, you know, like that I read this other book about China and then suddenly I realised, oh, so that is why China, maybe, maybe, I don't know, but maybe that is why China is the way she is now because of the history that they had to go through, you know? Yeah, this is the interesting part. Um, historical fiction, when I picked up, was by An Chi Min. Okay. About China, oh. China history as well. Mm-hmm. And I thought, hey, it's quite interesting lah. Compared to watching a movie, you get a lot more emotional depth, right? Right. So it makes you wonder, right? How come we cannot learn history through... Uh, Fic- not, I'm not sure fiction writing, more like prose writing. Why is our textbook telling us like, you know, three pointers, Hang Tua is from Melaka, Hang Tua married who, Hang Tua did this. Like, how am I supposed to remember all that? Because I don't feel attached to the character with just the nuggets of information. Wait, wait, wait. Do you read the textbook or do you read the summary for the exam one? Because my textbook got text lah. Got lah, text lah. But even <laughs> the text... Tapi cerita lah. It yeah, was just very it was dry, right? Dry kind of writing lah. You know, it doesn't have that emotion. You, you Until, like, you know, I cannot remember any part of me reading a Hang Tua feeling when he has to face Hang Jebat. I mean, if you are reading about a character like, let's mm. say, Hang Tua, you have like maybe three pages of how he feels as he approaches Hang Jiu, but he's a good friend to fight. Then you will remember, oh, these are friends that fight. Okay? Instead of yeah. reading something like, Hang Jiu, but when I met Hang Jiu, blah, 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 blah. How am I supposed to read anything? <laughs> <laughs> that is true, but maybe you write lah. I write. Yes, you should be your next project, Jinayat Layu. So much research. I write. Somehow okay. they changed history. Tell me Hang Tua is what? Not Chinese, not Malay now. I don't even know. No, they said there was no Hang Tua. <laughs> See? I write. It's been erased from history. But, okay, talking about history lah. I'm reminded of, of this song. Um, It's by After Jupiter and Phoebe Sen. And it's called Of Makers and Martyrs. So they make stories. Maybe. Jump dengar. i 
Gina, what about you? What was your most memorable book? <laughs> this answer always surprised people. The ones that make it compulsory reading from 4, from 5, Sastra. Huh, really? Actually, not even Sastra. Like, it was just uh, Bahasa. Yeah, it was just BM. It wasn't even a Sastra stream. And I remember the first book was Bukit Kepong. Eh, hey, I saw that. It had a flag, right? The cover. <laughs> I don't know. The cover keep changing. But I, okay. I remember like Bukit Kepong was this story that for the first time, I feel the history of that, you know, the war, the fighting, the gorillas, or whatever you call it. Uh. And despite having 20, 30 characters of Captain So-and-so and Inspector So-and-so, which I could oh, never really? remember the name. But you remember there was Captains and... Ins- but I remember the actions. Wow. I don't remember the names, but I remember the actions. And I thought like, you know... Actually, I've been reading a lot, a lot of English books. So okay. to me, right, 300 pages is nothing, okay? okay. But suddenly, 300 BM text is like, right. can I die now? <laughs> like, you know, my language skills is not that bad, but like, what is this? Um, and then after that, Form 5 had Concerto Tahil. Eh! Which is like... Hey, same books, ah! They never changed the Satra books, ah! They don't know how many years. I think ah. so. I think we, we, we had that book quite, around quite a lot. And it was like a semi-love book, but friendship and love and music and stuff like that. Oh, that's thicker. I think it was like 400 plus. I'm like, oh, 400 plus 8 pages, whatever. Um, so yeah, I 
I thought I wouldn't survive it and mm. then I read it and I actually thought I like it and then after that I think before even from 5 I started buying Malay books which really upset my parents more <laughs> first she's like not eating to buy English book now she's buying Malay books like no one is going to read I mean they don't even read the English book I buy why would I you know so it was shelves and shelves of Malay books started to come in after from 4 actually Wow. Yeah. I Okay, I do find that when I read a Bahasa book, like I'm reading one now, it does make me slow down a little bit because, okay, I do speak, I do understand Bahasa fairly well, but when I have to read it, and the, the one that I'm reading is a bit technical also. La. Abyss. <laughs> yeah, so it like really slows you down because the words or the structure of the, the sentences are not quite what I'm used to. Um, but it, it's interesting because it gives you a different perspective almost. Like if you read the same thing in English, somehow when you read it in Bahasa, it's different. It's like, oh, oh yeah, oh, that word actually means... The choice yeah. of words like, in a different context, I suppose. Like it gives it different colours. But you see, thank God, these are BM text compulsory and not Sastra because they have like Sastra yish books yeah <laughs> i we get novel so it's very readable actually just now when you said you read the bm sastra one i thought ha the hikayat bangsawan in the uh, what? i will faint i would have uh, fainted <laughs> in the kayangan <laughs> so yes i have to have to have our education system to thank lah because of bukit kepong and concerto tahir and i was thinking if i can read this and i was like oh i write this and da da ah, then you know what happened after that yeah so, yeah it's I, it is quite understandable because the hikayat i suppose the bangsawan language right is closer to your shakespeare lah I, I suppose and then especially if you're at the age right you're not <laughs> gonna say sang surya tersenyum indah pokok pokok melambai lambai and then your brain is like waving, I'm, waving. I'm a teenager okay I read matahari and coconut trees and not melambai lambai but yeah but do you find yourself appreciating books differently since you started writing actually people tell me I should but then, you see, I didn't study writing. I didn't okay. study creative writing per se. So, like, uh, I know a lot of writers or people who study, you know, um, writing or literature would say, oh, you must look at the first sentence, very important, the first paragraph, the first <laughs> opening chapter. And I'm like, yeah, as long as the writing is engaging enough, right, I think um, I kind of overlook stuff like first sentence. Because I, it is telling from experience. Some writers get stuck at their first sentence forever. And that ever is and true. Ever. And I am not one of them because to me, right, um, a story has to have easy to read writing, engageable, okay. and tells you something and not just paint beautiful words. Lah. Hmm. Okay, true. Um. So that's the difference you see between the person who actually got to write the book and the people who get stuck at the very beginning and don't go anywhere. I suppose so. <laughs> la. I mean, that's one of the challenges that I find a lot of writers are facing. I mean, I have it easy probably because I didn't study writing, so I'm not very critical on myself. Ah, but, okay. yeah. but I suppose in, in writing a song, um, it could be the same way, you know, it's like you, you get an idea, well, I get an idea, and then I start writing first two lines, oh, that's so beautiful, but how do I follow up from that, right? So now, I don't know whether it applies to you guys as well, but... Now I just write first. If first line not nice, never mind. What alright? And then who knows? I might not even start from the beginning of what I wrote. It might be the first one is scrap introduction, and then yeah. maybe just the second paragraph is where I actually start the song. I don't know. I'm but I mean, it's easier for songs because you only like writing what one page, two page. Hello, if you're writing one a page book. Now. Like, you know, 10,000 words, you ask me to rewrite the first 2,000 after I've gone to don't know where. Um, <laughs> it might be a bit suicidal True for some la, people. But la. then, 
like the verse have to reach the chorus then the hell has to link up you have but to tell the whole story still within 5 minutes and a page I mean you're not talking about a revision that's 10,000 <laughs> words so okay. I I think it's, it's a little bit different, so okay. to speak. But okay. I, I do think that, you know, Malaysian writers uh, are really blessed to be born in Malaysia because it's so multicultural. And we have so many stories of our own. But also sadly to say from experience, because I mentor a lot of writers, mm-hmm. right? All of them, 80% want to write like a Westerner. And then some of them have not even been out of Malaysia and they're trying to have this voice that is not theirs, which mm-hmm. is quite a pity. So yeah, if, if you're a writer out there, um, try to just write Malaysian stories in our own voice because we really need it. And then if I need a Mat Saleh telling me about my story, I'll get a Mat Saleh here to write it and not like us sounding Mat Saleh trying to say something Malaysian about Malaysia. You know? Yeah, I, I, I get what you mean. I'm actually also currently reading a, a book and I was... It started promising, you know? And then after a while, I'm wondering, why, why did the person choose to write as a, as a British person? And like, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm still wondering why I'm still in the second chapter, so I, I don't really know. Maybe but if I you think about it, songs are also that way, right? Some of some of our, our songs, our Malaysian songs, okay, don't, don't get angry with me, guys. <laughs> I mean, try to sound so Western, but then not quite making it, and then try to sound Malaysian, but not quite making it. Therefore, you're in the middle of here nor there, you know, like some writing, macam orang putih, tak macam orang putih, macam Malaysia, tak macam Then you kind of mm. lose the best of both worlds. Okay, I think, I think it's because we are quite... Anglo-sized in our thinking, especially those that... Yeah, because, you know, we grow up, we have a lot of British influence. There's so many people that think that um, English is superior language and all that, all that, all that. Um, Yeah, so, and then, okay, TV shows that you watch, it's so, it's so white-iced. It's so Americanized or it's so Western-influenced that we kind of tend to think like, oh, we want to sound like that you know and then now it's the other side lah. it's the k-pop side so everybody want to sound like korea but i think it's because we haven't come to grips with who we are as a people i mean yeah like you said right malaysia is so multicultural with a voice that when, is multi-voiced yeah exactly when we talk even in our language in our sentences like See, like, I'm talking also, right? It's Correct. Like... <laughs> Our podcast is quite campo-campo, padaha English-driven. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, I totally agree with what Gina said, you know. Um, yes, we, we want to get the excellence that is that we see on the top of the charts, that we see that's dominating the world. But hey, we have our own voice lah. Jom lah. Come on, let's... let's oh, good news voice, to all man. you book writers out there, Malaysian writers, right? We used to have to use a anonymous name. I mean, a, a, a pseudo name. English name. You want to publish uh, out there. But now America and US is like, hey, the more Asian exotic name you use, the more interested they are. Exactly. The waves have turned. Yeah. Yeah. And then, why is this lah? You get me talking about books and writing <laughs> and then we'll be talking for ages long this episode because um, Wait, it's man. my butter and bread and my passion more than my butter and bread so yeah if you put this on a new podcast or something I will easily give you another 12 episodes man <laughs> yeah and then Juvita also is like can't stop talking about books I can almost hear my nephews groan like oh boy here she goes again <laughs> yeah so um 
we might need another reason to talk about books so if you guys have really enjoyed today's episode or you know you have like hey can you guys talk about this aspect of writing or book reading or whatever suggest some books to read Malaysian <laughs> books I always get that Jinaki suggests a list of Malaysian books to read that won't bore me I'm like what <laughs> exactly <laughs> so yeah drop us a note about it and then maybe be uh, you know give me a chance to just bring it up again uh, meanwhile <laughs> all the best to uh Tbilisi's. How do you pronounce it? Jo? I don't know. Tbilisi? Tbilisi? Anyway, the capital of Georgia will be taking over the baton as the World Book Capital 2021 wow. starting from 23rd April this year. That's like a few days away. Mm-hmm. But for all of us here in Malaysia, let us, you know, if you have started reading actively because of the pandemic, because of whatever initiative that we've done through this World Book Capital, then Keep reading lah. Yeah, teruskan membaca. Yeah. And with that, this is your wish you had more time to be a bookworm, Juita Suito. And your crazy writer host, Gina Yap La Yung. Signing off from Songs, Songs and Stories. Story. If you enjoyed this episode, tune in every Monday at 12 noon Malaysian time or follow and subscribe to Songs and Stories on your favourite podcast streaming platform. We are also on Facebook at songsandstories.com.my or follow us on Twitter at Stories Malaysia.